0: is just beginning here in the Garden State, and that means it's harvest time in Cumberland County, an agriculturally rich area in the south of New Jersey. Cumberland County's farming history dates back to the Lenni-Lenape Indians. Though its history as a major producer of a wide variety of fruits and vegetables, such as tomatoes, sweet corn, melons, peaches, apples, and summer squash, began in the 17th century when Swedish farmers started converting the fertile lands into farms. Now with over 60,000 acres of farmland, 13,000 of them preserved under the New Jersey Farmland Preservation Program, Cumberland County is one of the Garden State's biggest contributors to the rich diversity of available produce. Right now, we're at Overdevest Nurseries, which was started by John and Jean Overdevest in 1952, shortly after they immigrated to the United States from Holland. Today, the nursery is comprised of more than 200 acres of beautiful trees, shrubs, and a variety of perennials that are distributed all over the Northeast, from Maine and New Hampshire all the way down to Virginia. Ed Overdevest now runs Overdevest Nurseries and will tell us a little bit more about the operation. So, Ed, tell me about the history here.
1: Well, our company traces back to 1952, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, I think, earlier, where my parents came over to this country. Uh, they actually emigrated from the Netherlands in 1949, worked with some family businesses here, mm-hmm. and then soon went on their own and started this business again in 1952. We've diversified quite a bit from that. Start back in 1952, the nursery has expanded substantially in terms of acreage and in terms of the products that we grow, the plants that we grow. Uh, We grow a lot of flowering plants, plants with colorful foliage, so we're known for that aspect, Uh, just kind of the wow factor in terms of what plants bring to the environment, to nature, to our lives. We uh, cover the northeast region, mid-Atlantic states, and we like to say a a 300-mile radius, basically, and we uh, sell primarily to independent local garden centers in the greenhouse what you see in the background here is mainly hydrangea which is one of our largest crops most folks know them as the uh, the big uh, globe of pink or blue flowers and we're in the midst of propagation where we start uh, little plants we take cuttings and insert them into this uh, mix that we have here and until they develop roots we miss them with this boom you see in the background and that keeps the leaves from drying out And then as time goes on, they develop roots and start into a new plant. And once they develop roots, we start to wean them off the mist. And we have quite a number of varieties here. And it works out very well for us in terms of popularity and also in terms of growing.
0: So tell me about water here. I know irrigation is very important.
1: Irrigation is a critical component for us. A key component of what we do is recycle our irrigation water, and we're even taking that to the extent of capturing storm water as well and recycling that. Um, This allows us to save on the amount of water we would otherwise draw out of the aquifer. In fact, the extent of our recycling allows us to reduce our aquifer uh, uptake by about 60-some percent. Uh, We didn't want to have irrigation runoff. We wanted to conserve with water, much like we conserve on a variety of other uh, aspects of our business and it's worked out very well for us.
0: So talk to me about your workforce, how many people you employ and who's working here?
1: We employ a little under a hundred people from administrative all the way across to production employees and uh, we have local residents that work for us on the production level but as part of the H2A guest worker program which we partake in, uh, when we can't find enough local folks who are willing and able to do the work we are allowed to recruit out of the country. So as a consequence, a number of our workforce is Hispanic that we recruit in Mexico and bring in through the H2A program. They have a 10-month visa which allows them to work here in agriculture in our operation. That stretches from February to the end of November. We actually have 55 that come up through the program.
0: And do you find that a lot of times it's the same people year after year that keep coming back?
1: Pretty much, yes. So they're very they're excellent employees, uh, they're very uh, loyal to, to like the company. Loyal to you, yeah. we, we pay them a lot of respect, uh, they do a great job for us, and as a consequence uh, we have uh, a lot of seniority and a lot of returning employees.
0: Well, thank you so much for having us and I've really enjoyed chatting with you about everything that's happening here at Over the Best. Eastern Fresh Growers Distribution Center is a produce wholesaler that works with several farms, including Shepherd Farms, in Southern New Jersey, right here in Cumberland County. They also work with an organic grower, Jersey Legacy Farms. Eastern Fresh, Shepherd Farms, and Jersey Legacy are owned by members of the Shepherd family, who started the farm in 1683. Since then, the farm has grown under the ownership and management of generations of Shepherds to eventually become what it is today the 1,500 Acre Shepherd Farms, the Jersey Legacy Farms Organic Growers, and the Eastern Fresh Growers Distribution Center. So let's meet up with Tom Shepherd, who runs Shepherd Farms. Shepherd Farms has been around for generations and generations, so I guess, Mr. Shepherd, you kind of knew that this is where you would end up, right?
2: Uh, Not really, Uh, my mother, uh, who was a daughter of a farmer, uh, encouraged all of us to do anything but farm. Uh, And ironically, all three of her boys went away to Cornell University and came back to the farm uh, and I'm the youngest. Um, I knew one thing for sure when I went away, I was not gonna be a damn farmer. And my, when my brothers first came back and started to expand the farm, there seemed, I, I recognized a window there and I was sales. And my one brother was an engineer, ag engineer. The other brother was an agronomist. So we had those two niches. We needed a salesman and that's always been my thing. I've got a lot of BS. So yeah, so I came back and, and, and we've grown the farm. It was 150 acres. Uh, when we went away to college, it's 1500 now.
0: 1500 is a lot
2: it's for for New Jersey. It's a lot.
0: That's a lot for New Jersey. So here are the cucumbers. Mm -hmm. You're harvesting cucumbers today. What else on this 1500 acres do you grow?
2: We grow about 550 acres of cucumbers. That's all summertime. Okay. Uh, In the spring, we start with with asparagus. We have about 400 acres of asparagus that's harvested in in, uh, mid April to mid June. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we start with cucumbers and bell peppers. Uh, we actually have lettuce in there in the spring as well uh, Romaine lettuce uh, iceberg lettuce and, and we will have that again in the fall We'll start here in about two weeks Perfect. with lettuces. So yeah, that covers You know our whole summer and gives a, a full a year for the crews They're not gonna come up for just a short season almost hundred percent of the people harvesting in the field are, are uh, Seasonal labor from Mexico. Okay. They're h2a workers or people that that have come up for the season They're, They've got all their paperwork so they come back and forth across the the board the labor yeah, the border whenever they, they need to um, in the packing house, we probably have about half locals, and, and, and among those locals are families that have moved up here and stay. Hmm. Uh, we've got some really great stories of, of people that came up to work in the Harvest Group, brought their families, and now the kids are doing really well. Uh, we've got a lawyer, we've got uh, teachers, we've got plumbers. It, it's the American dream to do better than your parents, uh, and, and they've done that, and we're real happy with that.
0: That's fantastic. So you mentioned the packing plant. That distribution center is, that was your baby, wasn't it? That was
2: you know, my, my end of the business, yeah. We kind of grew that. All these things we needed to do to sell to the customers we wanted to, mm-hmm. and that's why we brought in other growers, because we could do it uh, in that scale where they couldn't. on smaller scales. So we did it together, so we, we charge them for the services we render. That's worked out pretty well. Well, it's harvested in the field by hand, um, and it's conveyed into these uh, plastic bins you see coming into the packing house. It's brought from the field, which is about three miles away, uh, to the packing house, unloaded. Uh, the full ones taken off, empties put back on the wagon. The wagon returns to the field. Uh, the full bins are brought into the packing house. Uh, when when they're ready for them, they're put up on the uh, pallet dumper. It uh, actually doesn't dump the pallet; it submerges it underwater. The, the crop pe- peppers or cucumbers floats out uh, and is conveyed down the line to where the ladies start to sort it. The water in the tank is chlorinated. You know, to make sure we kill any E. coli or salmonella or anything that could be there. Uh, The ladies sort first for anything broken or rotten, Uh, then the cucumbers are washed and waxed. They have a real thin layer of wax on there so it keeps it from dehydrating. And then the next uh, uh, grading table is the ladies that will um, sort it for what's straight and what's not. Uh, Most consumers want a straight cucumber, not a crooked cucumber. Now luckily we can sell the crooked ones to food service, the restaurants and uh, and cafeterias and that type of person, um, and salad companies that will use it even though it's not quite straight and, and perfectly green. Uh, they, they buy it for cheaper, but, uh, but they do buy it. Then the straight cucumbers go on to the next station where the machine grades it by diameter. Uh, certain people want a smaller cucumber, some, some people want bigger ones. Uh, we got one customer that calls for a, a larger cucumber, and a, we call a 24 count box, uh, and, and that's what they use, and it's a big customer, they use a lot of cucumbers. So, they want all their outlets to be, have the same looking cucumber. If you go into a McDonald's, you want everything to look the same from one McDonald's to another, This uh, and, and this is why they do that. Uh, so, yeah, so then to cut it, once it's packed, it goes into a box, it's, it's stacked on the dock, wrapped up with, to make sure it doesn't fall off the pallet, then it goes into the pre-coolers to be cooled, and then either on a truck or, or or into the cooler to be to wait for a truck to come. We pack. My brother uh, David has the organic farm, Jersey mm-hmm. Legacy. We pack all his stuff, and it's it's a lot of different things. He's got grape tomatoes, red and, and orange. He's got plum tomatoes. He's got various squashes, uh, both summer and and, and winter squashes. Uh, cucumbers he grows, and ironically, we're throwing a lot of cucumbers away or giving them to the to the food bank. He can sell his rejects for juice.
0: Oh, interesting! Cucumber juice
2: is a big deal. They can get twenty dollars for a box of uh, cucumbers. that I gotta throw away because it's organic and they can sell it for juice. People say, oh, what do you think about organic? I said, as long as they'll buy it, we'll produce it. You're like, if we
0: can make money, we like
2: it. I have a daughter that's quite the environmentalist, and she said, I can't believe you guys are getting into organic. I said, Kate, we're making money. (laughs) If we didn't make money, we wouldn't do it.
0: (laughs) Talk to me about organics.
2: Well, that's my brother David's operation and my niece, Michelle. Uh, They do that together. Originally, it was part of Shepherd Farms, but then they split it off to do that just together. So, yeah, we still sell it and and, uh, pack it for them, but it's still it's their, their baby.
0: Well, let's go check that out. Okay. <laughs> Jersey Legacy Farms is an organic grower, part of the Shepherd Farms family. So Michelle, tell me a little bit about how you guys decided to get into organics.
3: Well, we heard about it um, in the early 2000s and my father started getting interested in it, thinking it could be a better option for the ground we could keep the ground in better shape be better for our future. So in 2006 he started growing a little bit of organic things in uh, Newport which is a nearby town. Okay. And he started gradually growing more and more and he decided that he wanted to focus solely on organic. So in 2009 he separated from his family farm, Shepherd Farms, to create this farm, Jersey Legacy Farms. Why
0: is organic important to you?
3: personally i don't like the idea of coming out here and spraying things that if i walked out in the field 10 minutes later could really hurt me let alone somebody that doesn't know they're there so i think that is a better idea for the future to focus on things that aren't so harmful and instead try to come up with ways that are beneficial one of the main things people don't know about organics is that the type of fertilizer you use is regulated and you can't use a lot of these um, chemically produced fertilizers that mm-hmm. leach into the groundwater um, tremendously. So if you're using natural sources of fertilizer, it takes a long time for them to be able to leach into your groundwater. So it's one thing that you can do to try to eliminate like, nitrates that um, pollute our
0: waters. What now are you growing on this land?
3: We grow everything from tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers to lettuce and we've tried new things like kale and leeks and beets and even sweet corn now. We're harvesting green and yellow zucchini, cucumbers, green peppers, eggplant, grape tomatoes, um, pear tomatoes, um, mini plum tomatoes. So basically you're growing a lot of things here. That's right. Okay. Well, we
0: look forward to seeing a lot more in the future from Jersey Legacy Farms. Sunny Slope Orchards traces its history back three generations to 1928 when Vincent Caggiano, an Italian immigrant, started growing peaches here in South Jersey. Now, Sunny Slope has become a lot more than that little plot that he had back in the day. Uh, This is Ron, and he's going to tell us all about the history. So tell me about how Sunny Slope has changed since the 30s.
4: Well, they originally came out uh, with peaches, nectarines, and progressed into apples. Uh, Now, we've moved into the wine grapes, we've moved into grains, and uh, more specialty items like white peaches, uh, nectarines, white nectarines also. We have over a thousand acres. About 500 of it is in stone fruit and pome fruit, which is apples and, and peaches. We have 30 acres of wine grapes, which we're proud to be uh, associated with Cape May Winery. Uh, They take most of our fruit, and uh, the rest of it is in green. Our peaches at Sunny Slope are our summer crop. We needed something to do in the wintertime, so we moved into a winter crop, which is apples and wine grapes. Apple season starts with our summer apples in mid-August. We start off with gala apples and ginger gold, and it progresses into winter apples, which are your Red Delicious, which we're standing into now, and it goes all the way through uh, harvesting stamen wine sap, which is our last variety that we harvest. There's about 12 different varieties of apples here on this farm.
0: Do you harvest by hand?
4: That's correct. We have men that come in, all picked by hand, selecting the, the nicest uh, apples that you can select at a time. They might go over this orchard maybe four or five times uh, this is picked.
0: So talk to me about the employees. How many people uh, work here?
4: In the summertime there's over a hundred when we're in full harvest with peaches and then the winter or or the fall season we're down to in the mid-twenties. We have a retail stand for our apples and we also press our own cider which has been in the family since 1928. Uh, We We, we sell to a few vendors, but we don't we don't go uh, wholesale as far as apples. So
0: this land that we're standing on right now, what are, the, are these Red Delicious? Red Delicious. Okay, these are Red Delicious. Have they always been here? Like how long has this tree been here, for instance?
4: Well, this tree's been here for about 20 years, but originally uh, there could have been peaches here. There, before this, there were uh, a different variety of apple here. But this is also maybe the third generation of this land in a different crop.
0: Is it a rewarding job?
4: Yes, it is. I, I enjoy when uh, you see a happy face where someone eats an apple and they think it's greater. You hear on the street, oh, those peaches were delicious. That's where, where it comes from. But it's a, it's a hard life. It's seven days a week, 24 seven. But then after the harvest is over and the last apples picked and, and it's time for fun.
0: This is the Bayshore Center at Bivalve, home of a great fisherman's and farmer's market, a historical education center, a museum and folk life center, and the graceful A.J. Meerwald, New Jersey's tall ship, an 85-foot schooner built in 1928 and restored to be a sailing classroom. The Bayshore Center is a hub of culture, education and history in South Jersey's Bayshore area. I'm here with Megan Wren, who is the Executive Director of the Center. So Megan, this is the Farmers Market, right at the AJ Mierwald. This is quite an event.
5: We're really excited, and I think because it's Here in Bivalve, we've added an element to it. It's not just a farmer's market, but a fisherman's and farmer's market. So we're really excited to be bringing all this fresh produce and fresh seafood to the people of the region. After Sandy hit the area, it became really obvious not just to me but to a whole group of us that were working on recovery that the economy of the area is as important as anything else as rebuilding the houses as you know the recovery from all other aspects the economy is really important so we started thinking about ways that we could support that we thought it was important to give people an opportunity to be able to get it right off the boat right off the farm and it's, it's really an incredible resource for the people here.
0: It's pretty amazing, and I've got the beautiful view of the boat. Talk to me about the AJ e. Mierwald.
5: Well, the Mierwald, she was built, we're on the Morris River here, and she was built right up the river in Dorchester as an oyster boat, and there was a time when we're sitting in the historic shipping sheds that were where the oysters were brought to market, and it was the number one fishery product in the country. There were hundreds of schooners here taking oysters from the bay and bringing them, uh, and then the railroads are out here, so they would bring them into the railroads, which would take them to the rest of the world. We took eight years with volunteers and support from New Jersey Historic Trust and the New Jersey DOT, and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into it, and it was, you know. Watch her. A lot of people said it would never happen. She didn't look so hot when we started, but it was quite a process. And to have her back here sailing again, just about where she sailed from historically, it's really special. That
0: is very special. Megan, thank you so much. Well, now we're going to head into the Oyster Cracker Cafe and see what's cooking with Sherry. This is it the kitchen at the Oyster Cracker Cafe where Sherry is going to show me how to make some zucchini bread. So I've got my apron on, my spoon. What are we doing? You're
6: all set. (laughs) We're going to. We're gonna start with some uh, four eggs in your bowl. Okay. And into your four eggs, you're going to mix a cup of applesauce, which we're using instead of oil. Oh. It's a little healthier that way. We like to hear that. And we have um, three cups of sugar. Okay. And we're using organic sugar, that's why it's not completely white. Okay. You can also mix that in with those two ingredients. Alrighty. Along with that. We're going to do two vanilla. teaspoons of vanilla, Yeah. Okay.
0: Now is this your, is, obviously it's not your secret recipe anymore, so.
6: <laughs> no, no, no. It's just one I got off the internet and tweaked a little for my taste.
0: Okay, perfect. So what goes that? in next?
6: Next we're going to put in two teaspoons of sh- cinnamon. Okay. And I'm going to grate a little fresh nutmeg.
0: Now it's starting to smell really good, that cinnamon, the nutmeg.
6: And we want just about three quarters of a teaspoon of nutmeg in there. Okay. Just like here. Drop that right you in. Drop that in there. Nice. Okay. And is this pineapple? That is crushed pineapple. You need an eight ounce can of crushed pineapple. You can go ahead and put that That's in That's next?
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Pineapple.
6: And two cups of grated zucchini and one cup of grated carrots.
0: So. Uh, So I have to ask, is the zucchini local? Is it from Jersey?
6: The zucchini comes from a local CSA that we work with all season. And actually, she works all three seasons as possible. And um, we get as much as we can from her as well as local farm stands. Our goal is as locally sourced as possible for all of our ingredients and as organic and as fresh as possible for everything we use.
0: Perfect, I love that. And I noticed you have a little garden out front, too. We do, yes,
6: yeah. <laughs> and I get as much out of there as I can. Nice,
0: uh, that's the way to the do it. And the compost
6: goes back to feed the garden, all our scraps goes back to that, and we have a nice little cycle of life out here. All right, so we now okay. need some flour. We need some dry ingredients.
0: Okay. So we have three cups of flour. This doesn't look like my flour at home.
6: That's because we are using a gluten-free flour. Huh for our guests that are more gluten-free, who have, you know, by choice or by health. Okay. So, because we're using gluten-free flour, we're gonna put in a teaspoon and a half of xanthan gum. Okay. And that's a stabilizer that helps it to rise because you don't have your gluten, unfortunately, to uh, bind and rise. Okay. And we're going to put one and a half teaspoons of baking soda All right. and one and a half teaspoons of baking powder and one teaspoon of salt. And we're just gonna mix that a little bit.
0: So you said it was three cups of flour. Three
6: cups of flour.
0: Okay. Make a mental note, everyone.
6: (laughs) All right. I'm just gonna stir that into your mix. All right.
0: Little at a time, or I can just go ahead and dump it all
6: Uh, in. You can just dump it all in. It blends in fairly nicely. All
0: right, nice. That's great that you're so accommodating to different people's uh, dietary needs and health restrictions. So I'm it's excited. Gluten-free zucchini bread.
6: It's becoming more and more prevalent that people are going gluten-free and paleo, yeah. and you know, everybody has dietary restrictions because we're organic and we work you know, hard to please as many people as possible.
0: I love it. So it's great. All right. This does actually mix really, <laughs> very Fairly easily. easily yeah. This is nice. It's all those
6: wonderful wet ingredients.
0: Okay, and then you we have to fold
6: in a cup of chopped pecans.
0: Ooh, lovely. Pecans.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: See, I feel like I made this, and you it's did. already measured out, done for me. I'll just walk in. Here you go, Megan. Okay, so we have our two pans. They're already prepped.
6: We have greased and floured nine by five loaf pans. Actually, there's supposed to be two nine by five loaf pans, but I found that this recipe does one and a slightly smaller one, which you want to cook for a little less time. Okay. All right. I'm gonna let you, you, want
0: me you pour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd spill it everywhere. Big mess. Nah,
6: it's almost <laughs> almost foolproof. But watch, then no, no, watch me drop it.
0: Now you got that down.
6: Let's get all that good stuff out of the bottom of your bowl.
0: So how long are we putting, I know you said there's different times well, for the size. Well, this one's probably
6: going to want about 45 minutes, or, or about 50 minutes, and the bigger one's going to want an hour.
0: An hour, okay. Yeah, you just
6: got to check them, a toothpick in the center, comes out clean, Okay. you're all done. You're ready to pop them in the oven. Alright. You want to do the honors? Or would you like to? You me put me
0: them too? in,
3: you put them in. Okay. <laughs>
0: It's going to be good. It's going to be so good. Just wait. Okay. Let's try it out. Excellent. Mmm. Cumberland County's low flat lands and proximity to the Delaware Bay make it an integral part of New Jersey's agricultural history and future. From the cornucopia of fruits, vegetables, and flowers produced by family-run farms and nurseries to the farmers' markets and restaurants, the Bayshore region is quintessentially New Jersey. So much of the delicious, fresh produce that we associate with our history as farmers and entrepreneurs is represented right here in Cumberland County. So come on down to Cumberland County and enjoy all that the Delaware Bayshore has to offer.
3: I'll be here.